0: Hello, I'm John Pantana. I'm here with Amanda Zappkew, Dr. Zappkew, and uh, I'm a professor at Liberty. I've been here since 1975, and we're uh, both designers in the Education 712 course that we're doing their faith and integration video for today. We're meeting in the R.C. Worley Prayer Chapel. Uh, Brother Worley was uh, was what he was known by for those of us that knew him. He uh, was a pastor at uh, Thomas Road Baptist Church. He was a prayer warrior, as Dr. Falwell used to say. One of Dr. Falwell's sayings was that nothing of eternal importance, of importance is ever accomplished apart from prayer. And Brother Worley was, uh, was a prayer warrior as well as a, uh, a soul winner. And this chapel was built in 1981 uh, in his uh, memory, well, actually in his honor and then in his memory. I'm not sure just when he passed away, but uh, one of the things that he was known to say that I'm just a, just a clay vessel that God uses. So the prayer chapel we thought here at Liberty University, it's a landmark and it serves as a place for prayer and ministry meetings for the campus students. This location seemed very appropriate for us to talk about uh, faith and integration. Uh, So that's what we're doing in today's meeting. Amanda?
1: Yeah, as as Dr. Pantana said, my name is Dr. Amanda Rockinson-Zapkew and I'm an assistant professor here at LU as well as one of the course designers for this advanced statistics course. And as Dr. Pampiana said, what we're going to talk about today is faith and learning integration. And we're going to do three things in this video. The first thing we're going to do is Dr. Pampiana is going to identify three common approaches to faith and learning integration. We're then going to each talk about our personal approach to faith and learning. And then we're going to challenge you in module one to talk about your faith, personal faith and learning approach in this course. And then in module eight, we're going to challenge you to talk about it in more broad terms as far as you being an educator.
0: Yes, these three uh, common approaches to faith and integration. Uh, we'll b- briefly describe them here, but we encourage you to read about them and to research them further. And there is a reference list uh, in the in your course readings that you'll become acquainted with. The first is uh, perspectival integrations, and this is a belief that science and religious faith complement one another, yet they're independent of each other. And Jeeves uh, in 76 and Jones are some resources on that. The second one is is uh, ethical integration. And this is the application of religion, of religious faith to academic disciplines. And Jones is a resource on that. And then the third one is uh, known as the Christianizer of science, also known as the the humanizer approach. And this approach uh, utilizes faith as a foundational belief to critically evaluate academic facts, theories, and strategies. And Evans and and Van Leeuwen are uh, some of the resources on that.
1: I think the latter approach that Dr. Pantana just explained most closely aligns with my personal approach to faith and learning integration. I really believe faith is foundational to the educational process. I liken it unto a tree. Think of it this way, faith is the roots in the trunk and out of the roots in the trunk grow the educational process. Let me put this in more concrete terms, but first let me define what I think faith is or what I'm talking about when I talk about faith. When I talk about faith, I'm talking about two primary things. First, my personal devotional life, and second, my theology and Christian worldview. My faith, specifically my personal devotional life, I believe shapes who I am as an educator. As I spend personal devotional time with the Lord, my inner character and my value systems are transformed and formed. I'm formed more into the image of Christ. And out of the, in my actions and interactions with my students and my colleagues are an outgrowth of what my inner character as well as my value system. For example, whenever I have a student who is struggling, um, I respond to them with compassion, with respect, with mercy. And this is specifically an outgrowth of the mercy, the love, the um, compassion that I experience from God. My faith, specifically my Christian worldview and my theology, provides me with a basic set of assumptions about the human nature, about the makeup of the world, as well as the construction of knowledge. And this is what I hold is true. It is Based on this truth, I then critically assess knowledge. This may be, I may be reading a research article, and I critically evaluate the research, the tenets that are um, put forth in this research, the theoretical framework, using these basic assumptions or this truth that I hold. It is also from this truth that I develop knowledge, I develop insight, that I develop theory, and that I conduct research. I think Dr. Pankana may have similar views and he's going to talk about those.
0: I don't pretend to be an expert on any of these three or uh, any other uh, biblical integration or faith integration uh, approaches, but I would say that my views uh, would agree with what Amanda has so beautifully articulated here. I believe that my views have have been shaped from my Christian upbringing, upbringing, attending a Christian day school uh, up through the eighth grade and then uh, attending a, a Bible-centered college. I was led to the Lord by uh, my mother when I was 11 years old. My father was a, was a barber and a lay preacher. And uh, they both uh, instilled Christian values in, in my two brothers and sister and, and I as a, as a child. And continuing to read and study uh, the scripture as well as uh, interacting with other Christians, Uh, I think is a a lifelong process that we we learn and hopefully our Christian character is reflected in all that we do with our friends and our families and and, uh, our students and our colleagues as well. This is a uh, statistics class and we're going to discuss uh, descriptive statistics and inferential statistics but we'll talk more about that later. Uh, But it, it is said that there are liars and then certain kind of liars and statisticians and that you can say whatever you want with statistics. I'm reminded of uh, the story that I tell my students about, about students from West Virginia. Uh, I'm from Ohio originally, and we tell West Virginia stories, and of course Virginia does the same. But uh, as the story goes, this, this family was going to move to a city in West Virginia, and they found out that the average income there was 60000 a year. And so they were uh, thrilled about that, but when they got to the little town, they found out that it was a coal mining town and that the guy that owned the coal mine was a millionaire and everybody in town worked for him. So they would make 12000 10000 8000 But the average uh, income was indeed uh, 60000 which, which is accurate but misleading. So in that case, uh, you'd be better off to say the median income, not the mean or the average. And uh, so you can say whatever you want with statistics. Uh, it's like the, the t- uh, two preachers were having uh, coffee Monday morning after church and they were talking about how many they had in church and the one said oh we had between three and four hundred and actually they had thirty but it was between three and four hundred so it's very easy to mislead uh... with statistics but we uh, talk about confidence intervals we can be ninety percent confident or ninety-five percent or ninety-nine even with hypotheses uh, hypothesis or uh, theories we don't really prove things in statistics but we uh... we we have these confidence intervals and then we even at that we can make mistakes a type one error or a type two error but the one thing as christians that we uh can share and have confidence is is in our faith our faith in god through jesus christ uh that he is uh, a part of all that we do and all that we say and i just heard uh, the, the preacher the other day re- reading from john chapter 20 and verses 30 and 31 where he said uh, and in the book of john uh, I, I should know the statistics on that, but with all the words there were more than 90 times uh, that John uses the word believe. But in, in verses 30 and 31 he says, and many other signs truly did Jesus in the presence of the disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing ye might have life through his name. So I think that our our uh, our faith. We, We need to integrate uh, our beliefs and our faith in all that we do and say and and, uh, in our teaching as well.
1: Now that we have identified three common approaches to faith and learning, as well as explained both of our individual or personal approaches, we now challenge you to do the same. This week in this first module, you need to think about and reflect upon your faith and how you see it interacting with the learning process and then articulate it in the discussion forum. Well, then we'll ask you to revisit this same concept in Module 8 and again reflect upon what does faith and learning integration mean
0: in the educational process.